Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. Oh, the places we can go. We're so blessed today to live in a time when we can hop on a plane and travel globally and be in almost anywhere in about 36 hours. It's pretty amazing. When I was a younger man, fresh out of college, I got to travel to the, uh, the Philippines and serve there for a couple of months, and I went and served in Germany for seven months, and so my, my sister got married in that town to a Marine. His name was John, and, and they came and visited me this weekend. They reminded me of this story of when I went to visit them at the Marine base. I went there and just coming back from uh, Germany, and so my, my brother-in-law kind of saw me as, you know, that's what I did. That's who I was. And his buddies, his Marine buddies, well, they, they lived a little differently perhaps than I might have lived. And so... Uh, he told him, hey, I won't be coming with you guys Friday night. My brother-in-law's in town, and so I'm just going to hang with, with him. And they said, well, why don't you just bring your brother-in-law with you? It will, it'll be great. He's like, no, I probably wouldn't be a good fit. And they're like, why not? I said, well, he travels a lot. And they're like, okay, that sounds fine. Bring him. We'd love to hear about it. He said, well, okay, look, here's what you need to know. He's a mercenary. (laughs) Well, at that point, the Marines, their ears perked up. Well, they're like, well, yeah, we'd like to meet him. Tell him to come. And so he came back. He's like, hey, you want to go with me Friday night? I was like, sure, I'll go out with you, buddies. We'll go. So I get there, and, I mean, they all want to talk to me. They're like, hey, where all have you been? I said, well, I served in... And kind of the jungle to the Philippines are like, really? It's like, yeah, yeah. I served in, in, in Germany. I was at a base there. They're like, really? It's like, yeah. They're like, they blew me away with this question. What's your choice of weapons? <laughs> I said, usually I use the NIV. <laughs> They're like, what? I said, yeah, wherever I go, I just carry my Bible. They're like, you're not a mercenary. John, he's a missionary. <laughs> we got a good laugh and uh, it had a great night anyway. But, you know, what is a missionary? What does that look like? How is it different? I believe God calls all of us to be on mission with God. Sometimes I think titles can mess us up and maybe even separate us in an awkward, weird way. God calls everybody in this room to be on mission with God. And so today I was trying to figure out how do we, how do we help everybody understand what that looks like? And I thought, you know what? Let's just look at a day in the life of Jesus and the story of Jesus being on mission with God. So we're gonna turn to Luke 19. If you got your Bibles, pull them out. If you don't, there are some burgundy Bibles in the seat in front of you and you're welcome to have one. Okay, we're on page 872 in the Burgundy Bible. We're going to be reading from Luke 19. And we're going to get a snapshot of Jesus on mission. Okay, and we're just going to pull some nuggets from that. And then I'm going to go ahead and tell you now 
Then we're going to give you a chance to kind of experience the flavors of the nations. I'll tell you about that later, okay? Let's read Luke 19. We're going to start verse 1 through 10. It'll be on the screen, but it'll also be in, in your Bibles there on page 872. Here's what it says. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Then Jesus came by. He looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your house today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Let's go, Lord, in prayer and ask God to speak to us this morning. Lord, we just come and we humble ourselves this morning. We understand, God, you love us more than we deserve. We understand, God, that you have a plan and a purpose, but sometimes, God, we're just not sure what that looks like. And so I pray now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would speak through me and that your Spirit would speak truth and encouragement into all that are here, and we pray that in Jesus' holy name, amen. All right, if you have your listening guide, pull that out, because the first thing I want you to see is that we, if we're going to be on mission with God, we need to look at where Jesus is at work, look where he's moving in the world, and join him. That's what Jesus did. He's walking. He's on his mission. He's going to Jericho, and then he's going to wind up in Jerusalem, okay? So as he's on this journey, he sees this guy in a tree by the side of the road. Now, I'm pretty sure that would catch my attention as well, right? What if you're walking through Dogwood Park, and all of a sudden, you look over, there's a man in the tree looking down at you. Would that catch your attention? Now, Jesus could have been weirded out by it, but instead, maybe because he knows all things, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today for dinner. And Zacchaeus was like, yes, Lord. Jesus was on a mission every day for whatever God's mission was. And I don't know that he started out that day saying, hey, let's go find a guy named Zacchaeus and go to his house for dinner. But when he saw someone interested, his heart must have been prompted to choose him out of the crowd of everybody. And whether he'd met him before or whether he just knew his name because he's God in the flesh, he said, Zacchaeus, today I'm going to your house for dinner. Now that made the religious people really upset, right? because he was, he was a known sinner. He was like a known tax collector, wasn't a very popular guy, but Jesus didn't care because he was on mission with God. When you're on mission with God, you can't worry about what other people think about you because God will ask you to do some things that'll stretch you. They'll, they'll make it feel like you're the one that's gonna be embarrassed. 
because he's calling you to do something he may not be calling anybody else to do. In this room today, everybody's got a calling from God. For some, it may be to work with young marrieds. For others, it may be to work with children. For others, it may be to, to travel all the way to the Ivory Coast to serve the Lord. But everybody, I believe, has something that God's gonna call you to in your life. And I just wanna challenge them, where is God at work? Look at where God's at work and join him. So the other day, I'm doing a business deal with somebody. Uh, I'd seen a, something for sale that I was interested in. Called him up, said, can we meet? We met. And I'm thinking I'm there to buy something. Well, we couldn't agree on the price. And so I just, I was like, well, that's fine. Lord, what do you want me to do? I must be here for a reason. I didn't drive all the way here for no reason. And so I, I started talking to him about the Lord. And I said, well, can I just share with you what, what God's done in my life? And he said, well, actually, sure, why not? So I just shared with him my story, how Jesus had rescued me and changed my life. And, and uh, I got to the end of that and I said, has Jesus ever done that for you? He said, no, actually he hadn't. He said, but I, I think this is God trying to talk to me. He said, because my wife's been going to church lately and I've had some questions, but didn't know who to ask. Do, 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 do. Right, right. I was like, okay. I said, well, what, what are your questions? And he started talking about when he was a kid and some trials he went through as a kid and the church and getting hurt in the church. And we talked for a long time. And I got done. I said, well, are you ready to give your life to the Lord now? He's like, no, I'm, I'm really not. I, I've got to take a while to really think about this. I said, okay. I said, can I just pray for you that God will reveal himself? He said, sure. So I prayed with him and I got done. And the Lord reminded me, I had a Bible in my car somebody had given to me. And so I went and got it. I said, hey, look, this brand new Bible, somebody just gave it to me to give away. I said, can I give it to you? He's like, that'd be great. And so I showed him how to read it and where to start and answered questions and gave it to him and said goodbye. And I've talked to him a couple times since then. And he started going to church with his wife. It's not here, but I don't care. He's going to church learning about Jesus, right? Now, I say that to say God is already at work in people around you. We too many times let the devil sell us on the idea that nobody wants to hear about God. We too many times listen to all the naysayers. I've heard it before. I don't need to hear about that. I got hurt in church. I don't hear it. And we may miss opportunities to be on mission with God in everyday life. I was talking to somebody right before the service and I've been dialoguing with them. They like to game and they've got a chat room on their, their video game group that they, they get on. And they're talking about how now one of the guys they game with is from all the way on the other side of the world in the Middle East and is of a different religion. And yet that person has been asking him to pray for him on certain things because he knows he's a Christian and he's been vocal in his faith. I'm like, who knows, right? How cool would it be if God allows somebody to get born again while playing a video game, right? So I just want to tell you, God's at work everywhere and we need to open our eyes. I want you to hear this story from one of our church planners. Uh, Cody's in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They've been going a year. He shared with me last week. They had their largest attendance ever last week. They had 94 people. They launched in the middle of COVID. And they were trying to do it on a Saturday night. And it just seemed like they kept hitting a wall. And sometimes God will use that wall to give you an answer, right? So let's watch this video made all these plans, we were getting ready, and we had our first kind of 
preview night on a Saturday night to kind of get a feel for what was going to happen when we launched. And on that very first preview night, in walked a couple named Keith and Glenda. And we met and talked to Keith and realized right away that church wasn't really something that they attended all the time, specifically for Keith. And we knew that this is who we started this church for. This is the person that we had in mind. And after the service, as we were talking to them, they said they loved it. They were so excited. But Saturday nights just was not going to work for them. It was incredibly hard for them to make it happen and to let them know if we ever move to Sundays. And we were kind of sad and we didn't have any plans to move for Sundays. We didn't have the money to have a different venue, even if another one opened up. And so we we just moved on and kept praying and stayed in contact with Keith. But what we noticed pretty quickly is that it wasn't just Keith that had that problem. Anyone that we met that wasn't currently connected to a church at all, that was disconnected far from God, when we told them we met on Saturdays, uh, they just didn't have time. They worked or it just wasn't what they did. When they thought about church, they thought about Sunday. So Emily and I very quickly started praying and calling everyone we knew to try to figure out how can we move to Sunday mornings. If we're going to reach the people God's called us to reach, we need to figure out how to move to Sunday mornings. But we didn't have uh, the money and we didn't know of a place. And so as we're praying out of nowhere, this venue in Murfreesboro called Ridenauer Studios opens up. And Ridenauer is this awesome place. Being close to Nashville, it's exactly what you would expect. It's a recording studio with a venue in the back. So we knew this is the decision we had to make. Not knowing how we were going to make the money happen, if it was going to work, we decided this is what we're going to do. And so we make the plans, we send out all the emails, we're calling, we're texting everyone that's ever been there. And on that very first Sunday, guess who shows up? Keith and Glenda. And we're, we're ecstatic. Their, their granddaughter comes with them. We're pumped. And we're talking to them after the service. And they're talking about how excited they were that we finally got to make the move to Sunday. And so that weekend's over. Emily and I go home. We're resting. And all of a sudden, I get a notification on my phone that someone's filled out a form on our website. And as I open it up, I see it's Keith. And this is what, with his permission, I want to read you what he said. He said, I would like to know the Lord and I would like to sit down with someone if that's okay and discuss what it looks like to follow Christ. I realized during Pastor Cody's message this morning that Jesus to me has just been a prayer when I feel like things aren't going good. And I want more than that. I've tried in the past to make myself better, but my heart wasn't in it and I don't know what to do. Maybe I just don't know how to go about it, but I'm ready to move forward and I'm ready to know what it means to follow Jesus. So I'm like ecstatic. Like this is why we moved to Sunday. This is the people we're trying to reach. And so I immediately call Keith and I'm like, hey, just got your message. When do you want to meet? We're making this happen. And so the next day I meet him at a local barbecue place in town. And at the table while we're eating, I get the opportunity to lead Keith to Jesus. This is what it's all about. Ever since then, Keith has brought more and more friends. He's been every single week, brought more of his family, and in fact, on Christmas, brought his 
entire family with him. Jesus isn't just changing Keith's life. It's using him to make an impact in his family. This is why we do it. This is why we move to Sunday morning. And this is the story of the very first person to accept Jesus at New Purpose Church. Isn't that cool? Isn't that what we, we want? What if he had just said, Lord, we're, we're just meeting on Saturdays? What if he hadn't listened to the prompting of what was going on around him? What if he had just dug in the ground and said, no, this is what we're doing. We're going to be a Saturday night church or whatever it is. Now, I want to say to you, I think sometimes that's what we struggle with. We have our mindset on what we're supposed to do for God as Christians. We're either supposed to be a, a missionary or a pastor or a youth pastor or be on stage and sing or work with kids. And God's like, I got so many more opportunities. They're just right across the street from you and right next door to you. And we've got to look where God is at work around us and join with him and get to see him do these crazy, cool, supernatural things when we do that. Well, second, we're going to look further. Second thing is we need to live each day prepared for Christ's returns. Now, in the time that Jesus is walking the earth, they thought he was bringing an earthly kingdom. Even James and John, later on that week when he's to be betrayed, are like, hey, can we be at your right hand and left hand? They thought it was going to be an earthly kingdom. Even though Jesus told them over and over again, this is not an earthly kingdom. So the people are wanting him to come in and be the king of Jerusalem and take over the Roman Empire. And he's about to be welcomed into the city with celebration for that purpose. And he's telling them here, he wants them to know clearly that is not his purpose. His purpose is to prepare a kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, and that he would be returning to make that happen. Look at verse 11. We'll start there. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said. And because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God might uh, would begin right away. He said a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, together 10 of his servants and divided among them 10 pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want him as our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. So Paul's there for just a minute. Jesus is describing himself here, that he's going to be hated by some as he went and didn't establish the kingdom on earth. And he gave them the task to do, to take the good news to the ends of the earth. But some would hate him. And some wanted him dead. But Christ would return. Here's verse 16. The when he returns, it says, The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You're a good servant. You've done, been faithful with the little I entrusted to you. So you'll be governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You've been be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money, said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you're a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. 
If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest for it. Then turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 pounds. But master, they said, he already has 10 pounds. Yes, the king replied. And to those who use well what they've been given, even more will be given to them. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. As for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. Powerful story. Jesus is saying, I'm going away. I'm giving you guys a task. It is not an earthly kingdom. That's what he started the whole story with. This is why I'm telling him the story, to understand this is not an earthly kingdom. But I'm going away to prepare a place. But when I come back, are we going to be prepared for his return? And so I would just say, if we're going to be on mission with God, we need to be diligent to be prepared for his return. We need to be doing our part, whatever that is, whatever he tells us. And sometimes I think we're looking for this really big picture, like a, a bright light, like we talked about last week that Moses got, and the apostle Paul, and, and those amazing stories. But what you gotta understand is sometimes what he gives us to do is just a nudge of the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear this video from another one of our church planners, Jim Floria, who's in Knoxville. And he answers the question, what does it really mean to have a calling and how did he get that? Hey, this is Pastor Jim in Knoxville, Tennessee with Forward Church. When it comes to calling, I feel as though we always say that people feel called. But I think the reality is, is I think that if we realize that the idea of calling is more about obedience than feeling, I think we'd understand that all of us are called by God. I'm reminded of Isaiah 6 where it says that Isaiah was in the throne room of God and he said, here am I, God, send me. He accepted the calling from obedience before he knew even where he was gonna go. I'm reminded when Jesus said that we as disciples are meant to go into the world and make disciples, that it was more a act of obedience than a feeling of call. I remember when I realized that God had put a calling on my life to move to Knoxville to plant a church. It was a moment where I felt the Spirit of God so quickly say into my soul as we were walking around downtown Knoxville that this is where your family is meant to be. And so my thought was, well, God, let me try to figure this out. How are we going to make it work? But in reality, the, the best thing that I could have done and the, the best thing that I did and the best thing that you could do is operate in obedience. So here's what I would say, that we are all called to make a difference for God in this world. Be obedient this week. I love it. We're all called. And if you're waiting for the bright light, it just came on. There you go. Right? There you go. We're all called waiting for the bright light. For him, he said he was just walking down the streets of Knoxville with his family. And all of a sudden, felt the Spirit of God just prompt him and say, this is your home. This is where I want you to go and plan a church. And trying to figure that out, I remember talking with him over the next couple of weeks and months. He was excited and scared at the same time. He was living here and, and things had settled in pretty good for him. And yet he was excited about the chance to go, but scared 
to take that leap of faith at the same time. And I think for all of us, as we prepare for what God has for us on this earth, it can be an excitement and a scary moment at the same time. And it may not be for you to move to, to Knoxville to plant a church, but it might be. The Lord may be working on you today. Maybe it's not for you to go all the way to the Ivory Coast or to Cuba, but it might be. And the question is, we talked about that last week, is your yes on the table? Are you prepared to do what God asked you to do when he asked you to do it? Are you willing and ready? That, that leads us to the last thing. Point number three, be willing to do anything for God. Have your yes on the table. Are you willing to do anything for God? Now, this last part of Luke uh, 19 is a really interesting story. And I, I think it's interesting they put it in here. So let's read verse 28 to 35. It says, after telling this story, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. So Paul's there for just a minute. What if you're those two disciples? Could you imagine? You're, you're like, it's, it's about to go down. He's told us it's going down, that this is going to be the season. They're getting excited, and they get assigned a mission from God. Let's see how important this mission is here. He says, go over into that village over there, he, sa he said to them. As you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it to me. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. Now, in first glance, it looks like Jesus is telling them to go rip off a donkey, right? It's like, hey, go into that town, go steal that donkey. I need that donkey. It's not consistent with the rest of Jesus' teachings. Can we agree with that? Stealing is not lifted high and, and recognized as a good plan. So obviously, there was a plan in advance. We don't know if maybe he had spoken the last time he was through there and said, hey, when I come back one day, I'm going to need to borrow your donkey. Will, you, will that be okay? He said, yep, just let me know. I said, I'll just tell you. Whoever I send, I'll just tell them, you know, the master's asking. And the guy said, okay. But the disciples didn't know that, right? So here their big assignment is to go to the next town and get a donkey for Jesus. I can just imagine them talking back and forth. How come James and John, they get to go preach. They get to go do this. Peter gets to heal people. We're going to get a donkey. Why do we have to go get the donkey, Right. And sometimes I think we miss the calling of God because we're looking for the spectacular supernatural and God's just saying, go untie the donkey because I need a donkey. And here's the closest one to get the donkey. And we may think we're overqualified to do some of the things God asked and we miss the blessings. I feel God has a little nugget for all of us. And it starts oftentimes with untying the donkey. And we've got to be faithful with the little thing before he can be faithful with much. He entrusts us, just like in the story he had just told, tying it together. He said, if I gave you this talent, he made 10, I gave more, right? To the one who was obedient and did what God had given, asked him to do, I gave him more. And I believe as we're faithful to untie the donkey, 
then the Lord knows we're faithful and he can give us more. And so uh, we've got to be willing to do anything for God. Whatever he asks of us, we need to be willing, even if it feels like a menial task. Was it a menial task that he was asking them to do? Actually, it wasn't. It was a fulfillment of a 400-year-old prophecy from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9. And it says this, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So this prophecy had to be fulfilled, and these two guys, looking back years later, probably like, yeah, it was Bartholomew and I that went and got the donkey. What if we hadn't done it, Bartholomew, right? Peter, right? You, we wouldn't have fulfilled that prophecy? Bartholomew and I were the donkey guys. We got it. <laughs> it may be for you that that's, that's what God calls you to do. But you gotta understand, God sees the bigger picture. Jesus had to fulfill all the prophecies. And those two guys got to be a part of God's bigger plan. Uh, I heard a, a teaching this week that pricked my ears because it totally applied to what we're talking about. It was a pastor who said he uses the 51% rule in his life. 51% rule. I was like, what? what's a 51% rule? He said for, for a season... He thought that he had to be 100% convinced that God was telling him what to do and 100% knowing what's ahead. And he said he realized that it just never seemed to get to 100%, right? It's like there's always this, is that really God pricking my heart? Is that really God prompting me? Is that really God telling me to go on that chat, uh, chat room in my, in my video game to tell somebody about Jesus that I've never met that's from the Middle East and and it's easy if we're looking for 100% to go, well, I'm just not sure. I'm not going to do it. So this guy said, I adopted the 51% rule. That means if I'm just a little over halfway thinking it's God, I'm just going for it. Because why not? And if it's not sin, it's not hurting anybody, it's doing good, why not just go for it and see what God does? I thought that's a pretty neat story. And so I, I'm, I'm just going to start adopting the 51% rule. I have to make, be honest, I was more of like a 90% rule kind of guy. But I'm like, you know what? Let's go for 51%. And so our hope for you today is that you see Jesus was on mission wherever he went. Every day he's looking for where God's at work. Every day he was teaching us to be prepared and, and use the gifts and talents God's given us to do what God's called us to do. And he was also wanting us to be willing to do anything for the work of the Lord. So today, we're going to give you an invitation, a twofold invitation. The first is, if you don't know the hope of Christ, you can come talk to me after the service. I'm going to stay right here up front until I talk to everybody that wants to talk, if there's folks that want to talk. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you were encouraged by this podcast, then we want to encourage you to like, follow, rate us on whatever platform that you are listening to. If you want more information about the church and things going on, visit theriverCC.com or download our app. Again, thank you so much for listening to the River Community Church Podcast.